Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. excited to share this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast with you. And I'm going to be brief on this intro because I want to get right to it. But on this episode, we have Zebra Medical Technologies. And Zebra is is part of the new breed of medical device startups. Uh, With me on today's episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast, we have Gabriel Sanchez, the CEO, and Kate Montgomery, the lead R&D scientist for Zebra Medical Technologies. And they share some insights and details of their business, but more importantly, how they figured out how important the quality management system is to not only addressing, of course, the compliance needs, but how to dovetail these processes into their business to make them smarter, better, more efficient. So, Sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello, this is John Spear, the founder and VP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenline.guru, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am very excited today. We have two members of an exciting new medical device company. The company is Zebra Medical Technologies. You can check it out at zebramedtech.com. They're part of a new breed of medical device companies, and I'm really excited to talk with Gabriel Sanchez, the CEO, and Kate Montgomery, the lead R&D scientist for Zebra Medical Technologies. Gabriel, Kate, welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Thanks, John. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So before we dive too deep into... Uh, the story today. Tell us a little bit, I guess, about Zebra Medical Technologies and a little bit about your backgrounds and, and how you both got to to the point of where you decided to jump into the medical device industry and, and start a startup. Sure, John. I'll go ahead and start. This work originated from research I was doing at Stanford University. I was a mechanical engineer by training, did my undergrad at MIT, and then went to Stanford for a master's and a PhD. And I was developing a new type of technology based on something that's been used in academia for decades, but has never been useful in the clinic just because it's enormous and impractical. And we were developing it really for a science purpose. We wanted to study muscle microstructure in vivo and see if we could study things like cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, and Lou Gehrig's disease, really just to understand diseases better and, and in a basic scientific sort of way. I developed that technology for that purpose and did some papers and some studies with that. And as we did that, it began to generate a lot of interest from the scientific community that, oh, this is a, a very useful new tool that, that uh, could really boost science in, in a bunch of different realms. And so after my PhD, I was actually a lecturer at Stanford, so really wearing an academic hat. But I realized that there was a, in, in a research space, but also more broadly clinically, I realized that this type of technology would potentially be very enabling if we could spin academic setting, it could be very powerful. So I decided after after two years of teaching at Stanford to go ahead and go into the startup world. And that was back in 2014. And we've been at, at a place called the Fogarty Institute in Mountain View, California for the last two years. 
developing both basic scientific discovery and research, and now a clinical version of the technology that we hope to to bring imaging into the clinic. So what the product is, is it's a device that allows you to see cellular structures in living tissue. You don't require contrast agents or dyes, and it can be done actually non-invasively. And so it's something much akin to ultrasound, but, but at a much different scale. So orders of magnitude higher. It's, it's an interesting challenge because not only trying to transition out of the academic setting, but it's a very innovative product. It's not, it's not an iterative device or, or a small change on something that's already existing. Yeah, right. You see that the, yeah, you'll big innovations in imaging will come about once every decade. You'll see x-ray and then you see MRI, you see ultrasound. And our vision was that, you know, there should be another big jump quality where we should get down to the cellular scale, which has never been possible. Uh, and so I'm sure you'll ask many questions to this later, but we've had to take some creative routes to get to get to that, just given the current financing uh, landscape and the challenges of startups. So yeah. maybe before we do that, Kate can also take a shot yeah. at her. Yeah, sure. Great. Um, I'm Kate. I have a bioengineering background. Was in, I was at Stanford getting my PhD as well, actually, in the same lab as Gabriel. And I was working on a different project, uh, developing other types of clinically relevant technologies. When I finished my PhD, I, of course, knew Gabriel very well, knew his product very well, um, felt really connected to it, and felt like it was be working on, and decided to join Zebra as the scientist to help with clinical development, basically any hat that needs to Yeah. I mean, that's really fantastic. I mean, I, and I, you know, I, I, I refer to you as kind of this new breed, and what I mean by that is... You guys, a little bit that I've had a chance to work with you now, I, I guess our relationship spans pr- maybe a little bit longer than I remember. Time flies when you're having fun, as they say, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you guys... Or when you're working all night, it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but from my perspective, looking in at Zebra Medical Technologies, you, both of you and, and the rest of your team are just the kind of people that, you know, you just figure out a way to get it done. And and you don't let things get in your way. You work within the constraints, but figure out a way to not let those constraints be limiting in any way. And and I think you know you, you bring a very fresh approach to this, and you you've achieved at least in my uh, view of the world some pretty significant milestones in a very short period of time, considering the type of technology that you're developing. So you know I, I know there's a long road still ahead, but so far I I, I know it's it's good to kind of take pause and look at where you're at and, and uh, realize your accomplishments. But I do want to congratulate you. I know there's a lot more yet to do. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll bring the audience to, I, I guess, back several months ago to when our journey, our paths first crossed, so to speak. And, and at that point in time, obviously, you were looking to, to roll out or improve upon your quality management system. And you came to Greenlight.Guru and, and were interested in our platform and how that could be beneficial and helping you achieve some of those milestones. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about uh, kind of life before and, and maybe life after Greenlight.Guru and, and how that platform has helped you achieve some of your milestones. Yeah, I think that's great. I'll start by taking a little bit of to talk about, like you said, our company culture and why we're, we're maybe a bit of a new breed. I think that 
the, the financing environment has has selected for a new breed. It's just there's very little money available. It's very difficult to come by. And in particular, if you're trying to do a very innovative device, a device that is really kind of the first of its kind, you're going to have to do some good clinical studies to prove that it works. There's a lot of hurdles in your way in this existing environment. So we've always taken the approach that basically we're not going to have a lot of financing initially. We're going to have to make some huge leaps to prove that some of these these big claims are actually scientifically possible and that we basically going to have to do most of that ourselves. So I, I, for one, you know, that's always been my attitude, which is basically I, I try to do about 20 different things all the time. Uh, I hired people specifically that have that same attitude, basically any, do anything at any time that needs to be done. And, and so we filled out our company that way, but really we only have three full-time people. And so with, with just three full-time people, the, the amount of work that we've done, I think, is very impressive. Um, it comes with a lot of work behind it. Uh, but then, like you said, we have to be very strategic about where we're working and how much time we have available and what tools we have available to do that. We were fortunate that you know my, my skill set, Kate's skill set, and also Fred, who, who's the other full-time member of our team, we have very diverse backgrounds uh, coming from both the engineering training that we've had, but also typical builds, having done our PhDs in, in the biomedical spaces. So we've been able to, within our small team, you know, I'm CEO, but I still do a lot. I do the optical design. I, I help build devices with Fred. We do prototyping. Kate, you know, runs quality, recruits subjects. We, we both take data together when we're doing experiments. You know, Fred is catting and doing the electronics and building products. So everybody's doing everything. We're all interviewing clinicians and talking to patients. So it's just this idea that we kind of put sweat equity into it and do whatever it takes. Part of that, like I said, is the tools that we have. So, so when we came to this point where we wanted to add quality into the system, we had started in the research market, which is very unregulated since you're just doing devices for basic scientific discovery right. and now trying to develop a product for, for clinical applications, we knew we'd have to get quality systems involved and, in a much more substantial way. And so we, we evaluated multiple options, honestly, that we have, we've known from people in the space that are also in the startup space that we're working in. And it, no matter how we looked at it, it came out to that we felt that there were cheap options available, but they required a huge amount of time and oversight. And usually the inclusion of at least a consultant, if not a full-time person to run a quality management system. And that just doesn't really fit with the vibe that we have. We like to kind of do as much as we can ourselves and, and reduce costs. And we, we kept hearing about Greenlight Guru actually through a lot of the online and the podcasts and everything. Uh, and a lot of the materials that you have published on, on kind of how startups should really set up a QMS system. And as we evaluated the technology, it became immediately clear that, you know, if we brought in this technology and we put the time into running it, it's so versatile, we would be able to drastically reduce the amount of time we would need from, say, a consultant or even if we needed one at all. Right. And, and so when we added up the cost of that, it was actually a no-brainer. We felt that you, you would have this tool and it would save us hours and for us hours are the most valuable thing because we're all doing multiple things all the time yeah uh, so that was really what attracted us to green light cool and i remember the day or actually it was about kate had reached out 
you had a California uh, or an inspection from the California Food and Drug Branch recently. And I remember it was about a week, maybe 10 days or so before that event. And, uh, I checked in with Kate and, and, you know, make sure everything was going okay. And she was like, I got this. It's, it's no big deal. And, <laughs> and, and then, uh, she, she reached out afterwards and she's like, uh, yeah, that was, that was all right. So Kate, tell me a little bit about that experience. I mean, cause because I think that was probably, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, one of the first audit-like situations that you've been a part of. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, you make me sound so cavalier that I was not just at all. It's not like that. I'm just saying from my perspective, you know, I mean, oh. I'm sure you were super confident, but I, it's not that you weren't uh, prepared and didn't do a lot of hard work. I'm sure all of that went into it. But yeah, talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so, you know, we had launched our quality system and we didn't, I don't think that we fully, fully understood the the food and drug branch audit system very well beforehand, but we had worked really hard on getting our quality system up to snuff and making sure that we were taking care of our product. We had started putting even our our research products under a quality system as well, because we felt it was important to have a a well-made product from that sense as well. And so we had these two products that were we were managing under the, the GreenLight.Guru quality system. And we had a few little holes to plug before the, the audit came, but it was really straightforward. We didn't know all-nighters were pulled to get everything up, up to speed. And the auditor didn't stay too long because we went through all of our documents and he said they looked great. Yeah, and I, I have to add, John, like, I think, I can't even imagine, honestly, passing it, let alone just trying to survive that process. If we had gone with like a paper-based QMS and, and we were trying to manage that, it, you know, with with the small team that we have, I just, I was, I was blown away to be honest by how how well that went because we had absolutely everything like we needed in a way that he could digest it and go through it and ask the questions he needed, yeah. and it was. Uh, it, you know, it was work, but it was surprisingly smooth and, and efficient, and, and we were very happy with the results. I mean, that's that's great to hear. I mean, and it's, it's stories like that, that that this is why I can tell you personally why I enjoy what I do and have for the amount of time that I've been in this industry. I've been in, been in this space for 18 years, and, you know, I, I love, for the past 10 years or so, I, I've loved working with companies, startups specifically. And I can tell you, working with companies like Zebra Medical Technologies, I if I had my choice, I would work with companies like yours all day, every day. And for a few simple reasons, you appreciate what is required to be a medical device company. You're open and willing to to learn about how and what to do and, and how to structure your systems and your documentation in a way that not only meets the regulations, but also becomes a part of your business. I mean, Kate, when you just shared that you found the value and and some of the things that we built in the workflows and the platform and Greenlight, and you added your research projects into the system, I mean, that just tells me that you understand the business aspects of, of what Greenlight is attempting to do for medical device companies too. So just things like that that just make what I do super rewarding. So I do appreciate you guys sharing uh, those stories and those those insights into uh, life at Zebra Medical Technologies. Yeah, we're happy to share. It's great. So 
I'm sure there are a lot of exciting things here, probably even yet this year that you guys are are out to accomplish, and and probably 2017, I'm sure is going to be super exciting as well. So uh, I know you're not going to share the secret sauce. I'm not asking you to share the secret sauce, but tell us a little bit about what we might expect from Zebra Medical that we can look for you guys in the news and and in magazines and all that sort of thing as far as how you're changing the world. What what can we expect in the near future from Zebra Medical Technologies? Yeah, it's great. So we're working on a couple different value-added milestones right now. We are building a a first clinical prototype. Greenlight is essential to doing this under the purview of the quality management system so that we can make sure that it's a good product that We'll be in compliance with the FDA when we go for that. Um, we're basically prepping for an FDA pre-submission. We, we have a predicate device that we think is very good, and we're proposing a series of, of clinical experiments and studies that we'll be doing to validate that. Our hope is that we'll have this prototype built quite quickly, probably in the next four or five months, and then we'll be doing some pilot studies uh, here at Zebra. We hope to publish those results. What we think this will bring is we think this will bring into the clinic something that's just never really existed before, basically the ability to do histology on living tissue. And, and, and I can tell you that there's, there's an applications across throughout the body, but certainly in oncology detection yeah. where, where currently you have to always cut tissue out, send it to the lab and prep it and, and stain it and wait for a pathologist to interpret it. And there are just so many things that are inspected that aren't actually cancer and don't need to even be cut out. But it's a challenge that you can only discover that by surgically removing tissue. So our approach is if you have point of care microscopy that can see cellular structure, it will reduce costs in in many different ways. It will improve patient outcomes in many different ways. And it will give physicians just better tools to treat their patients. Uh, So our hope is that we'll make uh, tremendous strides in, in bringing that technology to reality in the next six months, publish some of those results. And then our plan will be to actually raise a Series A financing so that we can take the next steps to get FDA approval and begin to commercialize the technology. Man, that's that's fantastic. I mean, as you were sharing that that detail, Gabriel, my hair on my arm was standing on end. I mean, that's that's really exciting. And I know you guys are excited about what you're doing as well. So Anything else that you want to share with our audience today before we call this thing a wrap? I would just say to, to, to anybody out there that, that's thinking about maybe getting into this space, that there are many challenges that face you. We've always known that. We've always known that the medical device industry in, particularly, in particular is heavily regulated and, and has a lot of hurdles that other industries don't have. That, that hasn't changed, but financing has become very tight expectations clinically have become very tight. So it's becoming a harder and harder space to innovate in. Uh, I think that that could be troubling. I think it's important for us to continue to innovate in this space. I think it's very valuable and something that's very valuable at a national scale that, that the United States can really lead the way in terms of coming up with the most innovative healthcare product. I would say that if you're in this space and you're trying to innovate, that you have to always understand that you you know, you're only kind of as good as your tools and so and your people. So you got to pick the right people. You have to have the right product and the right application, but you also need the right skill set and tools necessary to implement that. And I think that, you know, if, if we, you know, just, I hate to say it, but if you look at something like Theranos, right, where, where people cut corners and don't do the right things in quality, it'll just destroy you. And so I think that 
we've taken the approach that if we're going to do anything, we're going to do it right from the beginning. And that attracted us to Greenlight. And I would recommend to anybody that's in the space to very seriously consider Greenlight. And, and if you can't do it, you know, it's going to be harder <laughs> than, than, yeah. than if you do. So I, I, if there's any way you can possibly, I would, I would bring that system into your, into your tool set. Yeah, I would. I mean, I hope it doesn't sound too much like a plug, but I, I feel like Greenlight has already paid for itself, and the and the added value is brought to us by successfully flying through a quality audit. So I think in that sense alone, if you can't if you can't afford it, you, you probably haven't raised enough money for it. <laughs> well, I appreciate the feedback and the insights, and and again, I I love following your story, and we're gonna catch up with you. Maybe the it sounds like. In about six months or so, it sounds like in that period of time, uh, you'll be to that next significant milestone in your company. And, and it'll be great to, to follow this story. And for those of you listening at home, again, go to zebramedtech.com. Uh, be sure to catch up with Gabriel and Kate and, and kind of follow their story. They're on an exciting adventure and you know, their enthusiasm and the passion that they have for the technology that they're developing is certainly contagious for me. And I, I hope that it's been contagious for you as well. So again, thank you to, to Gabriel Sanchez, CEO, and Kate Montgomery, lead R&D scientist for Zebra Medical Technologies for being my guest today on the Global Medical Device Podcast. And as Gabriel and Kate both said, if, if you want to do this and you want to learn how you can optimize your efficiency and address those critical quality and regulatory compliance needs for your medical device company. It's pretty easy to learn more about Greenlight.Guru and how we might be able to help. Just go to Greenlight.Guru. There's a button on our website that you can request more information. You can request a demo. And we're happy to have a conversation with you and and teach you what, what this is all about and why it can help you. So, Gabriel, Kate, thank you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, John. Looking forward to it. Thank you.